Okay, welcome, Dr. James Beckett here with Brett McGrath, Stacking Slabs. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Compsy.com, Burbank, Sports Cards, Rob Veris, my good friend, Mike Fruitman at Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Chris Ivey with Heritage Auctions, and Bill Huggins at Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Tops Panini and Upper Deck. So, Brett, you know the format. Yes, thanks so much. The topic that's just on my mind uh, recently, and it's a positive trend that I'm seeing, this topic of women in the hobby. The more and more I've seen on Instagram, being at the Dallas show, I've seen more female collectors, more female content creators that are, are coming to life and sharing their voice, which I think is an awesome thing. I'd love to get your perspective, women in the hobby, the future and the potential. Great question. I, I think it's trending. I used to say less than 5%. I think it's moving toward 10%. And, and I think that's healthy. I don't think everything has to be 50-50, but the Hobby Content Creators Dinner at the last uh, Dallas show had 26 people there, uh, content creators, three women. So three women, 23 dudes. That's more than 10%. I think it's going to increase, but like I said, I don't think it's ever going to be 50-50, but the hobby ought to be welcoming to anybody that wants to participate. It should be no discrimination. The discrimination is based on whether you can pay for what you want. Women's money spends just as well as men's money. So, okay. Who was your hobby, not hero, but your inspiration when you got started? Maybe when you got back started again, who is uh, the person that was a, a guiding light for you? Somebody that was very helpful for you? I think for me, when I jumped back in as a content creator, I was a consumer of content. I wanted to right. see who was doing things and what was happening. And it, the first thing that stands out for me, just you asking the question, because I have a relationship with him. I've spent a lot of time in Dallas with him was just uh, Chris McGill, who was doing the House of Jordans podcast at the time, who now is a co-founder of Card Ladder. The way he was talking about the industry and the market, he came from a place of abundance and he was being very helpful along the way where I just continued to consume his content. And I said, this is someone I want to meet. I want to talk with him. So I just started messaging with him. We build a relationship. He started listening to my podcast. He came on my podcast. He's been on the show more than anyone else. I appreciate his dedication, his mentality. Excellent answer. It really helps to be a smart guy. And Chris is very smart, but he also is helping to build the industry. I really admire that. Your turn. Yeah. I'd love to get your feedback. You hosted a, a content creator dinner. There's so many types of content and I'm not talking about like podcast, YouTube, but I think there's just different angles and genres of hobby content that I'm seeing forming in our industry. I think that's good because it satisfies the needs of specific segments. I think that'll continue to evolve, but I, I'd love to get your feedback. I know a couple of years ago, there's only a couple platforms that we're talking about the hobby. And now there's hundreds. What's your feedback on the growth and direction of hobby content? We had some discussion about that. I mean, I'm going to do more on this, but my current thinking on it is the expression in the room was some of us are here to educate and some of us are here to entertain. I think it's actually a lot more complicated than that. If you're educating in a boring way <laughs> or entertaining in a way that's fluff, that has no content that's helpful, you probably have to do both. And that's because of the second part of your question is that it's all of a sudden a pretty crowded space now. I try to listen. I try to keep up with what's going on. There are not enough hours in the day. I can listen at double speed and there's not enough hours in the day for all the YouTube, especially on YouTube, but also even the podcasts. I don't like to do that because I think all of them have value, but you're almost forced to rank them. And you're going to be ranking them on education and entertainment, maybe some other things, because like you said, with House of Jordans, Chris and Christina and Josh, and, and there's a bond there. But it helps that they have really good, helpful content. 
and they're on the cutting edge of some things. But there's lots of others. I, I don't like to have to make the call. Back in the day, especially with our magazines, we didn't have a monopoly, but we had a very strong market share. But there were other imitators too. And, and hopefully we were in first place in the collector's eyes. But crowded space, educate and entertain. If you're doing that, you develop a following and you're helpful, as you said. Excellent question, Brett. Okay, what tip would you give a new collector that you wouldn't give a veteran collector and vice versa for enjoying the hobby? What tip would you give a veteran collector that you wouldn't give a new collector? My advice to a veteran would be don't be set in your ways and be adaptable. I've used this phrase just when I see someone say something that is rigid in the market where I'll call people. It's not necessarily a negative, but it's just the way I respond to this. It's like a cardboard curmudgeon where it's someone that has been in the hobby for 30 years and they want things unchanged. If you've been in the hobby for 30 years, share your insights and share your knowledge, but also be flexible and adaptable that there's undeniable changes that are happening around you and no one can stop those things, whether it's grading, whether it's retail, like those things are just happening and you can't control those. Be adaptable. That would be for veterans, for new people that are coming in. It's hard not to be influenced by content creators and people that are on Instagram or on Twitter, but learn from those people. Take a step back. And at the end of the day, if you're buying stuff with your money, start from I'm going to buy this piece because it makes me happy. It brings me joy. When I came back in, I was buying stuff that didn't necessarily make me happy and uh, give me joy. Just stuff that the market, it was hot and people were saying that it was going to make me money. And that's not why I'm here. For anyone new coming in, we all are passionate sports fans. Focus in on players or teams that have made you feel something over the years. The more times people do that, and start from that place, the more often people will stay. And I'm in the game with my platform to try to get people to stay. I want people to stay because the more people stay, the more the market will grow and the more value will mean for, for all of our cards. Some of the episodes that I do that I really enjoy are the then and now kinds of, here's the way it was. I totally agree with you that you learn from the past, but you don't try to perfectly replicate the past. If you're a veteran collector, don't rain on the newbies parade and say, that's stupid. That's not the way to do it. Or you paid that for that. I used to get that for a penny. Not helpful. So good answer. Your turn. Working in technology excites me. And it's something that in the hobby, when I'm working, when I'm creating content, when I'm looking at new companies pop up, it's something that I'm paying attention to. So your feedback on innovation in the hobby, do you think we're in a good spot? Right now, do you think there's more opportunity to innovate? There's always more opportunity to innovate, but the innovation comes in two flavors. Most of the innovation that the automation technology is automating what was already being done. It's just the, the bots or the AI can do it better, faster, or cheaper. But the really exciting new technology is going to be when things come up that are not even being done at all. It's what I think Nat Turner is going to do. What I would do if I was called into a situation, I'd be thinking about the whole grading process and not just you know speeding up the way they're doing it now. That's a good thing. But there are going to be people out there that are going to look at some fresh ways that break the mold. That's going to be the exciting thing. When I did the first price guide, people said, that's not even possible to do a price for every card. And that was like, telling me, hey, you're really going for it now if somebody tells me it's impossible or you're stupid. But that's what I see, Brett. I think technology processing power is such that if the data is there and it can be harnessed and it can be harnessed in new ways, that could be really exciting. You've seen with Card Ladder and Market Movers that 
they can't do all cards for all people. They've got to stair step it. And I didn't choose to do it that way. I got in a nice conversation with Josh about that. These new technologies are going to be extremely exciting if they break into new ground, things we hadn't even thought about that have a technology component. I'm excited about the future. I'm a lifer. I hope I'm around for a long time to see some new things. Uh, Computerized grading, it'll be computer assisted. I don't know that it'll ever be computerized grading, although the computer could grade it, but the computer can't. The reason we had a big, strong team is because there are so many exceptions and there are cards that are supposed to be off center in some kind of a design quirk, if not when they're bordered, but when they're not borderless cards. So anyway, I wanted you to rank the years. When we look back in 2025, rank the years of what were the best years for the hobby between 2020, which you've already fully experienced, 2021, what we're halfway into, and 2022. Looking back in 2025, what are you going to say was the best of those three years? Is 2022 going to be the peak? Was 2020 the peak? Is 2021? What do you see? Prognostication. I'm not going to hold you to it. We're not putting any money on this, but what is your insight as to where the hobby is in the cycle? Detroit automotive, three-year cycle. It's always going up and down, and you can see that. In these three years, last year, this year, next year, what do you think? I will place my bet, my personal forecast on 2022. I think 2020 was a a miraculous year of people entering things, as they say, going to the moon, people feeling good, people making money, and people thinking, I can do whatever I want in sports cards and it's a cash cow. I think 2021, we're humbling some individuals, myself included, where like any healthy market, we're seeing some retraction. I think with that, we're allowing some deeper thinking with how we want to approach the hobby and what we want to do. I think, mind you, in the background, there's some really smart people that are innovating and creating some really good companies that are going to help support the infrastructure of our hobby. That's happening right now. I think we're in a great place. I really do. But I'm bullish on the future of the market. And you probably could have said any year and I would have picked the next year just because I'm bullish on the future. I think there's so much just from being in Dallas and being at that card show, there's so much energy and passion and so many dollars being transacted daily. We've got tools to track that card ladder being a good one that I've used every day. I'm just very optimistic with the future outlook of the hobby. I think there's a lot of good things happening, a lot of innovation. I'm saying while 2021 has been good, I think it'll continue to be a learning experience for many. 2022, we're going to hit the ground. I knew you were going to say that. And this is not a two-part question, but what I was really looking for, Brett, is because I knew you'd have 2022 first. That looking back, that's going to be the best year. The real question is what's number two and number three? Do you think 2021 in hindsight will be viewed as a better year than 2020 or not as good? That's the interesting part to me. We're into 2021. It's more mixed. 2020 was a rocket ship, but looking back retrospectively in a few years, are we going to see that it built 20, 2021 and 2022, each one got a little better? Or do you think 2021 is the adjustment year? I think 2021 is the adjustment year. And I, I love this year that we're in because I got to be honest, I'm doing more learning and deep thinking and understanding because of some correction than ever before. If I'm looking at those years and I'm not saying 2020 was a bad year. Hell, it was the year I started stacking slabs and started meeting everyone. And But there was so much happening, the pandemic, and we were all at home. And there's so many narratives around why the hobby was the certain way. But we, everyone was riding this high. It, it, it didn't allow for the deep thinking and the problem solving that I'm finding myself doing this year. That's how I'm thinking about it. Like an outlier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your last question. 
I, I love to end on an optim, uh, optimistic note here. Just what the general question that I love to hear responses on is just what excites you the most about what's happening in the industry right now? I think it's the positive influx of people finding out of the hobby. If we don't mess it up, they're, they're going to come and stay, not come and poke around and leave. They're going to kick the tires and say, wow, this is a lot of fun. What we've seen, Brett, is I think you're a positive tone guy. I'm definitely a positive tone guy. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and these other traditional and, and other <laughs> digital media, they're not always positive tone. In fact, negative news sells more than positive news in some of these. And I, I don't like that, but it's just human nature. And so Target kicking out the category, or at least Pokemon and, and baseball, football, and basketball, by implication, hockey is still allowed. <laughs> But we'll see. And wrestling is something you and I both like, but those aren't the, the primary products. Yeah. Any news is good news. I didn't live my life that way, that any news is good news. But even this uh, Target parking lot situation is going to get people curious about the category. These world record prices get people curious about the category. I think when they check it out, they're going to be overwhelmed when they come in. If they were a junk wax era, a late 80s, early 90s person, they say, wow, this is amazing but they're going to be confused. And so that's the note we want to end on is that don't walk away confused, do a little bit of research. There's a lot of people that are helpful. When we went around the room, there were just so many people that were so helpful to each of us content creators that are unsung heroes. If you're throwing it out there and being helpful, I think it's a benefit to us. Like I said, more customers is increasing demand. So it's self-serving, but in a helpful way and sharing the enjoyment that you have. I really enjoyed this, Brett. We'll do it again sometime and keep up the good work on Stacking Slabs. I'm a loyal, subscribed, regular listener. So enjoying that. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brett. And we'll be back again tomorrow.